This is a HeadGum Podcast. For this ad break, take a moment to survey your thoughts. What are you holding on to? Let go of your to-do list and pending projects and just focus on your breath. We all need a few moments in the day where we are at one with ourselves and calm can help. Tom, I hope you took that time, that that silence to actually um, take survey. Of yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've got a lot to work on. I know. We're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. If you go to calm.com slash guide, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming, and new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash guide. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash guide for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash guide. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, I'm, uh, I have a lot of energy despite the fact that I haven't slept at all this week. That's uh, called being a new dad. Sure is. But yeah. like, I'm feeling great. Or have, or have you been staying up all night just uh, uh, reading spooky stories or something? I scare myself with spooky stories, and then I have to, you know, <laughs> then I can't sleep, so I have to play video games right. to uh, calm myself down. I but know then for sometimes a while, it's like Resident Evil. Oh uh, boy, that gets in the mix, the, and then I'm scared the scary, all over again. Yeah, you gotta be careful before you put the CD and check the label. Yeah, uh, I know for a while you were trying to uh, make yourself fall asleep through getting so scared you would faint. <laughs> exactly, and that was pretty effective. <laughs> right. But the doctor said I had to stop. Yeah, I mean, so. and, and you know, that's not a restful sleep. That's a pretty a pretty fitful sleep. Um, exactly. I wound up waking up my wife with my screaming. I've been, oh, did I ever tell you that happened to me once? Uh, uh, somewhat recently, like I was asleep, but I, I had uh, like sleep paralysis going on. And I mm -hmm. knew it was sleep paralysis, but at the same time, my eyes were closed. So it's like, well, I can't know for sure if this is sleep paralysis or if I'm in a UFO right now and they're about to, you know, start putting needles in my eyes or whatever. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, people people are always making jokes about like, oh, I want to go, uh, you know, get abducted by aliens and have them probe my ass. You'd be lucky if that's all all you can do. Watch a little movie called Fire in the Sky where they put a needle in the guy's eye after using one of those uh, clockwork orange things to keep it open. Yeah. How did we get to <laughs> aliens? Oh, but I... Record I, time. I, I couldn't, couldn't tell if I had sleep paralysis or I was being abducted by aliens, so I started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom. Uh, that's... 
That's not a rational well, response I couldn't to move. anything. A, it worked. A, I wasn't really screaming, but it was enough. My girlfriend next to me just heard me going like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than screaming. <laughs> and she woke me up and I was and I was grateful she woke me up. That was my that was pretty much my plan. Like if this is just sleep paralysis, maybe I can make enough noise to get my girlfriend to uh you know un uh paralyze me. You know what I do with sleep paralysis? What? How I deal with it? You just let it ride. Just know that like, hey, <sighs> sleep paralysis. Guess what? You know what I'll do? I'll fall back asleep. Extra sleep. No. Uh, that, that's how they get you, Tim. That's how you're going to wind up with a needle in your eye. Well, it's funny you bring up sleeping because that was uh, uh, something I wanted to talk to you about today. Because this week, Tim, I had a dream where I accidentally killed you. Okay. And I'm listening. <laughs> you know, it's one of those dreams where like I can't uh, like I I didn't know how I did it. Like it, it didn't happen in the dream. It was like, you know, some Were of the, you disappointed that you didn't get to live it. <laughs> no, it's just some of the worst dreams are the ones where it feels like you were dropped in like halfway through the dream. Yeah, and you've all you know you've got to like catch up on like wait what was going on? I... Yeah, it's like a David Lynch movie. It's like that guy's <laughs> talking to me and he's on the phone with me at the same time in yeah. another place. Yeah, how yeah, come I, this wasn't yeah, set up earlier? Yeah. Um, well, that's what happened in this dream. You had you had somehow been accidentally killed. I don't know how, and I actually I don't even know for sure if it was me. I think it might have just been that like oh people are gonna think it was me. And um, somehow I was like, this sucks. What am I going to do? That your good friend was dead. No, it was mostly just that I was afraid. Yeah, Yeah. it was all about me. And Mm -hmm. uh, I somehow had an idea that was like a perfect way to get rid of your body. And then I thought like, oh, his family's probably going to ask about him. (laughs) And then I was trying to think, like, maybe they won't ask me. <laughs> and then I thought it would be very funny if you just disappeared and nobody ever asked me about it. <laughs> nobody ever I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if my family knows how to get in contact with you. I think they'd figure it out. <laughs> they'd go to my mom's house, probably, if push came to shove. She lives in the same house. And would be like, hi, can we talk to your son? Our son's been missing for three right. months. <laughs> And he, and he's refusing to speak with us. Um, what would you do, Tom, if if you had been involved in my murder, mm-hmm. and then you had to do this show every week? Would you get Christine back in here, and you'd uh, be like, uh, "The search for Tim continues," <laughs> or like, "Cause you can't, you can't let the streak end, right? We've been doing this for too long." Yeah. I- I think the bigger question is, would I let uh, Christine in on, like, you know, uh, yeah, look, Tim's not coming back, if you know what I mean. If you read between um, the lines. <laughs> I know we're talking about my murder as, at your hands. As, as she sits in my apartment, that smells awful. It smells so bad. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't I, know what happened to Tim. 
I don't want to give you advice for this type of situation, but I wouldn't trust Christine with a secret like that. No, I don't think I would either. I, I'd probably get, uh, yeah, I, you know what? I would have to go for maybe somebody that wasn't as good of a fit, but was very good at keeping right. a secret. Yeah. Unfortunately, the jinx is dead. <laughs> <laughs> the jinx can't keep a secret. <laughs> That's true. He'll burp and, and, and reveal to everybody. Yeah, but then uh, he'll like, he'll then he'll be involved, so he'll have to get his lawyers to, to help me out too. Yeah, and also like he'd tell you like, oh, here's what you should do with the head. And if they never right. find the head, if they, they can't don't find touch the head it. in hands. They can't prove anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I was like, ah, and this this uh part makes me seem like a really good person. Uh, I was like, I can't. I mean, already to seem like a real stand-up guy. I was like, I can't hide his body and just pretend like I didn't know what it would, what happened to it. Like, eventually, his wife will probably confront me about it, and then I'll I'll have to lie to her. And, and yeah, I this does think, make you seem like a real good guy. And I don't think You're I could right. lie. I don't think I could lie to her face. But then, at you know, dream logic. As I'm thinking this, I'm like wait a minute, Tim's been dead for three days and nobody's even asked about him. Maybe I will just get away with this. Maybe he was, you know, in everybody's way and everybody, everybody's not going to ask too many questions about old Tim. This is a, this, why would you tell me about this dream, Tom? <laughs> well, I'm just letting you. Who, all right, who else do we know that you think would want to murder me? No, it wasn't a murder. It was an accidental killing. Okay, and just nobody cared that I was dead? Um, I don't know if nobody cared. I think everybody thought maybe you just ran away. Like, that hmm. was just kind of assumed that it was like, well, we all knew sooner or later Tim was going to ditch everybody and just go start a new life. I guess that's what he's done. If I didn't start a fan, if I, if I wasn't, like, married with a child, Tom, yeah. I think at some point I probably would have, like, if if, like... 26 year old Tim just continued like uh, down the path he was path. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be like, yeah, one day you just wouldn't see me again. Yeah, I mean, in, in the dream, I don't think you had a kid. And I don't know if you were even married. Like, I, it was, it, I mean, I knew I would have to speak and with you. You were married to my wife. Yeah, <laughs> you've told me about this, this dream many times before, Tom. <laughs> and she was telling me, like, how much happier she was. Um, no, I think because she existed in in the dream, but I think you were uh, she was still just your girlfriend in the dream because because okay. I think that weighed in where I was like, <gasps> like, ah, she's just his girlfriend. Like she can get a new boyfriend. She's not going to raise too much. She of a can stink. get a new husband, too. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> like a husband's going to require paperwork and stuff. Getting a new boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's easy. You just download an app. Bingo, bango, new boyfriend. Yeah, that's how it works these days, Tom. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I've never I've never used an app to meet people. <laughs> I've never not even a Lyft driver, Tim. You know, um, it's it's that kind of lying. Touche. <laughs> it's that kind of lying, Tim, <laughs> is why uh people people don't even look for you when you're missing cuz they just assume Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's lying. They're glad that I'm dead. Yeah. He ran. A, nobody knew you were dead. That was the whole thing. 
And then in at some point in my head, it was like, maybe nobody will ever think he's dead. And maybe I right. won't have to. But guess what? At the end of the dream, Tim, I decided I had to. Uh, I, I was like, I got to go tell the police that I accidentally killed him. Like, I'm not I'm not going to be able to deal with this guilt. And then I realized it, I was like, wait a minute, I'm in a dream. All I have to do is scream real loud. <laughs> My girlfriend will wake me up. I can get out of here. No, but you know how like you have those dreams that are just like you're just thrown into like a really awful situation and you're like, yeah. man, I would do anything for this not to be my reality. Right, because you were afraid you were going to get in trouble. Um, Yeah, it was also dream. Or you just didn't want to deal. You didn't want to talk to the authorities. <laughs> no, it, so was it was like, an accident. It was like dream logic where you weren't like really dead. I think. Okay. Well, Tom, <laughs> this doesn't make you look like a good person. Uh, the fact that you had this dream and the fact that you're gleefully recounting it to me. I gleefully. It was very uh, upsetting, uh, you know, what I was going to do about it, if I, if I was going to lie or not. Right. And ultimately, I, I decided I don't think I was, I could have been a good enough liar. And I was gonna tell everybody what happened. Well, I was gonna it's give a brave like a, stance you took at the end. I was I was gonna give them a version of what happened. <laughs> that made... How do you think? So like, like, so you watched me fall into like the gears of a of no, a no. That was something? the thing. It was again. It was I I I jumped into the mid, the dream midstream, and like I didn't know how you died. I didn't see it. I didn't see your body or anything. It was like I was just hanging out in my apartment, and then at some point it popped into my head like, you know, you're going to have to figure out what, what you're going to do about the fact that you accidentally killed Tim. And I was like, oh, no, you're right, brain, dream brain. I'm going to have to figure that out. And then, you know, Tom. very quickly realized like, eh, I'm not going to be able to lie. I would be offended by this, Tom, but in my dreams... Mm-hmm. You don't even exist. You've never existed. Wow. Yeah. I don't even think about you, Tom. You don't even dream about me like I do I you? don't dream. Uh, most nights I don't dream about you. <laughs> I don't even. And I haven't been having a lot of dreams lately, Tim, either. So I think I if anything, a, you should be uh, thankful. Maybe I'm worried. If you're not having a lot of dreams, maybe this was a premonition. Oh, or maybe I'm uh, one of those, like, when I go to sleep, I'm in a different reality. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, it could be one of those situations. You never yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm hazy on how those situations work, just like I'm hazy on how you died. Maybe it was the aliens who implanted the idea in your head to see how you'd react <sighs> yeah. when you slept. Maybe. Maybe they, maybe they want me to do it. I don't like this look in your eye, Tom. <laughs> Maybe they're like, you know what humanity's problem is? It's Tim. <laughs> that's Someone's got to step up. That's what's holding humanity back. It's not the, the constant That'd be a bummer. wars if, like, and an, poverty. and. If an ultra-advanced yeah. alien species came and was just like, Tim, you're the problem. You're holding humanity back. Your death would <laughs> cause humanity to thrive. 
<laughs> yeah, there's. I'd there's, be bummed. I'd be to, to to put it lightly. I'd be pretty bummed. Yeah, there's really only one way to take that, and that's negatively. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's hope. Hey, let's hope. Uh, let's hope you you're able to keep falling. What if, What if they keep abducting you to try and tell you that? And every time you're like, oh, this fucking guy just keeps going back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to tell him. <laughs> We're trying to tell him he's holding everybody back. And you know, he, he wakes up, he blinks, he looks around the spaceship, and then he just goes back to sleep. It's a good strategy. Tom it's saved my life numerous times. That's true. It's gotten you this far. And that and that explains the mess we're all still in. Tom, this week we're uh, tackling a subject near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. It's Neil Young week here on, on, on The Complete Guide to Everything. Yes. Old, old Uncle Neil, as uh, Pearl Jam called him. Yeah, Tom, mm-hmm. quick disclaimer. Uh, Neil Young is like my guy, my dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so if you say anything insulting <laughs> about him, the next time I see you, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of you. So uh, watch what you say. No jokes. No jokes. No jokes? Yeah. Uh, why? Serious. Just because he's well, an no old curmudgeon jokes. that I can't make any jokes? He's an old curmudgeon, but like in the best way. Yeah, I, no, I 100% agree. Like, uh, I'm also I'm not as big of a Neil Young fan as you, but I am a Neil Young fan, and um, yeah, I do like the way he's he's curmudgeonly. It's it's a uh, he's curmudgeonly about the right things. Yeah, exactly. Like he's 76 years old and he's mm-hmm. cranky. And like, but it could be a lot worse. But he's been cranky for fifty something years. <laughs> yeah, like when he, when did he and Pearl Jam? Uh, when was Mirrorball? Like uh, nineteen ninety two or whatever. I was gonna say ninety two. That's that's my guess. Uh, um, let me see. So he nine oh ninety five was uh, Mirrorball. Yeah. So he was 50 years old, but he seemed like he was 150 years old at the time. <laughs> to I, me, a Pearl Jam fan kid, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, this old man playing, what is this song that he's playing at the VMAs with uh, Pearl Jam? Well, but that's, everybody used to be a lot older than they are now, I, I want to say. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, I mean, I guess, like, I guess you could argue that it's relative that, right. uh, you know, we were young. But, yeah, I mean, he was he was about the age that, like, uh, Dave Grohl is now. Oh, yeah. But, again, you ask a 14-year-old, hey, Dave Grohl, he's like a cool young guy, right? And they'd be like, no, he's, he's, his kids are older than me. Like, no, of course not. Exactly. But, but Neil Young, I think because he was cranky. Just always yeah. seemed older than he but actually is. What I'm is. saying is, a cranky 76 year old in 2022 mm. could oh, be cranky yeah. about like way worse <laughs> things than Neil Young is yeah. being cranky about. Yeah. So I mean, we won't talk too much about it, but but he, he's cranky right now about Spotify and, and yeah, Joe but he's Rogan. also cranky about like climate change and like Monsanto and like uh, the oil companies and like. Well, Tim, you're not even. It, bringing up low bitrate audio streams <laughs> which tom 
I side with Neil on this one. I think it's messing up our brains. Yeah, you think, think that's what did it out of everything? I mean, I think it's part of it. Now, you don't think that uh, Neil Young leaving Spotify over Joe Rogan, uh, uh, Joe Rogan spreading COVID misinformation, isn't just a cynical ploy to sell more Pono players? <laughs> Tom, you're gonna you need to you're gonna need to give the audience a little bit more context there. Pono is these uh uh and uh, oh god, I almost said MP3 player. He would have spit in my face if I said that. <laughs> Remember when Richard Marks listened to our Richard Marks episode and I said a bunch <laughs> of mean things about Richard Marks and then he uh yeah, you know, came there. at me on Twitter <laughs> six hours later. <laughs> yeah. Um I hope Neil Young listens to this and realizes what a cool guy I am. <laughs> I doubt it. But the best somebody like you could hope for is Neil Young being like, eh, to you. Yeah. Uh, but the Pono player, Neil Young, uh, years ago when like the iPod was was at its peak, was real mad about the fact that uh, MP3s are compressed and like the compre- MP3 compression was a really big deal at the time because basically it was, uh, you know, somebody figured out, hey, if we can throw out like 90% of the data on an audio CD because it's happening at frequencies that the human ear uh, isn't particularly sensitive to. Uh, right. And guess what? The Internet's slow as hell. So if we can make a song uh, three megabytes instead of like 50 megabytes, uh, people will actually be able to download it. But again, it was compressed and Neil did like that. So he came up with his own player called a Pono player. It was shaped like a Toblerone and you uh, you could buy high high quality, high bit rate audio from the Pono store that would then play losslessly on the Pono player. Right. Now, do you think part of the problem was that like flack already existed as an audio codec? Um, and people were like, probably. just use flack because like there yeah, were, ar- but flack. it's, it's flack also, it's also is, the, the same way. Okay. okay. So let me explain, explain what flack, flack is. Flack is a lossless audio codec, so it's still compressed, but it is lossless, not lossy. So it's not throwing anything out. So right. everything from the CD, every single bit, it's still digital, but every bit is still there. It's just compressed like a zip file. Uh, right. So, Tom, mm-hmm. the way that um, there were MP3 players before the, the iPod, iPod, yeah, like... I think what he was trying to do was, was popularize it. Yeah, make it make it uh, a little bit more fashionable. Because and the... who who would make it more fashionable <laughs> than seventy year old? This was twenty fifteen that it was uh-huh. released. Oh, really? 70, was that seventy year old men? Yeah, and honestly, it's not. I thought like... it was like two thousand five. No, no, okay. I mean, he had been talking about it for years. You're right, and maybe um, that's why. But like, look, mm-hmm. I, I know you. Like you listen to music on like a MacBook speakers. Like you don't you you don't get care what music no, sounds like I've when you listen to it. I've got a nice pair of Sony headphones. 
Right, but I mean, but it's still Bluetooth, yeah. But like, I I think he's on to something. I think music uh-huh. does sound better when it's not horribly compressed or right. like, yeah, you know, streamed at, at low resolution, low bit rate. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he he's right. Um, he made a portable music player that looked like a Toblerone, <laughs> and uh, people dragged them, um, and people didn't want that, and that's fine. In uh to to honor him, should we put this episode out in Pono format only? Uh oh, only because <laughs> oh, I've been I've been mastering them for po- Pono. Uh, it was called oh, Pono okay. um, every week. <laughs> uh, well, great because once that Pono store comes back, we'll be all set. He did like like a crowdfunding thing or something mm-hmm. for it, which like. When some like this is the one thing, mm. like oh yeah, he did Kickstarter for it. Okay, um, it's like when Neil Young, a hippie who's worth six hundred billion dollars, mm-hmm. is like, fund my weird music player <laughs> <laughs> on Kickstarter. It's like a, but like, I almost went in at the like, get an autographed Pono player, uh, oh, wow. one of the first one hundred for like six thousand dollars. I was like, <laughs> life savings, scrape together. I'm I'm getting this thing. Yeah, but one um, day you could retire on that uh, Neil Young signed Pono player. Yeah, part of I me bet, like part of me worries it, about like uh, things like that. That uh, people like me and you are gonna buy things like that. Like ah, this is a great investment. And then all the boomers are going to be dead, and everybody's going to be like, "Who the fuck's Neil Young? I'm not paying anything for that autographed Pono player." That's why I don't this buy Pono things. player's got writing all over it. It's worthless. <laughs> yeah, I like my Pono players pristine. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that that's Neil Young's. Uh, Neil Young wasn't happy with Spotify to begin with. Right. Of course. I mean, he would somebody like him wouldn't be happy with like the the way Spotify royalties work to begin with, let alone right. the compression stuff. And then let alone the fact that like all that money is just going to fund uh uh shitty content. Yeah. And then apparently what we've learned from this whole thing is that nobody under 30 understands what it means to take a principled stance uh, <laughs> on anything. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of a lot of people thought like, oh man, like Neil Young got owned because he said Neil Young or Joe Rogan and they said Joe Rogan. And it's like of course they said Joe Rogan. They spent a hundred million dollars on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Either way they had to pay Joe Rogan over a hundred million dollars, yeah. whether or not they have his podcast. Yeah. And like I I I imagine Spotify does not make all that much Spotify doesn't make that much money off of like a new Taylor Swift album when it comes out, let alone how much they make off of like back, uh, right. backlist stuff. Tom, and like um, most of Neil Young's audience doesn't know how to use a computer or phones or anything anyway. Th- that's not true, Tom. They, uh, they like uh, Neil Young's audience were guys were who were like computer guys in the nineties. I was so, going like, to say there are a they, lot of like he had like a big Gen X following about, I think, because yeah, exactly. of uh, like Pearl Jam and whatnot. There are a lot of websites that cover like Neil Young news that look like they were <laughs> they've like the news is new, but like the the design hasn't been updated <laughs> since two thousand and three. Still running yeah. on a GeoCity site. 
<laughs> yeah. the, the number one Neil Young news site. Um, what do you think about the idea that Neil Young is the like godfather of grunge? I think that's true. Yeah, because he wore flannels all the time. Eh, it was it was more it, like grunge was like the Gen X attitude. Well, no, I guess he didn't have that attitude. He cared about stuff, and he cares about this stuff. Right. I guess he just, uh, you know, he famously just like writes simple songs, and it's more about feeling than it is yes. about anything else. And Tom, I will say mm-hmm. for this episode. I could have like done research and like shored <laughs> up like all the facts about him and stuff, but that I I thought like what would Neil Young do? And it'd be like he'd just go through it and he'd feel it. And like even if the facts aren't a hundred percent right, even if the chords aren't a hundred percent right, what do you mean if the facts? That's what he's so mad about. <laughs> somebody's <laughs> doing a somebody's doing a podcast where all the facts are wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'd like this one. He'd like this one. <laughs> he'd like this one. It's wrong about him. I'm getting the feeling right. <laughs> um, Tim, me and you saw Neil Young live together once. Yeah. What I year was that? Neil- that was the Greendale tour, I think, 2003? 2003, yeah. Okay, yeah. I saw Neil Young three times on the Greendale tour. Um, wow. You brought a bunch of uh, actors there. They did a bunch of. <laughs> they did like a little play as yeah, they, they it was playing. very yeah. But he was singing all the words, and they were mouthing them. Yeah, Tom, I mm-hmm. got to tell you this thing yeah. about Neil Young. I thought Greendale was an okay album. Mm-hmm. I think it's an underrated album. Yeah, uh, I think the a lot of recent or twenty first century Neil Young isn't so great, but like mm. he's going for it. So who cares? Right. Yeah. Um, but nothing brought me more joy than like <laughs> casual fans thinking they were gonna hear Rocket in the Free World, and it was like a two-hour like <laughs> sprawling like all these it was songs like a musical. were just yeah with with him singing all the parts, <laughs> but still um, but still actors moving around and like sets and everything. Yeah, and it had like a, a very. Uh, simple environmental message and, yeah um seeing these audience members like boomers at uh at jones beach amphitheater on yeah, long island who, who are already tanked before they got in there just wanted to hear some songs off harvest yeah just wanted to hear some crosby stills nash and young mm-hmm. and they were furious that they had to sit through that thing yeah uh it's great <laughs> Well, and it was great because then, like, uh, when he came out, I think, uh, I think it was when he came out for the encore or like at the very end, uh, and it was like very obvious. Like people were like booing him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens every show. Happens every show, though. Uh, and he like very sarcastically. I mean, like ha- sarcastically to those people, but uh, honestly to everybody else, was like, "Thank you so much for like supporting the new stuff." He's like, you know, I like the old stuff too, but you know, said something like, "I'd shoot myself in the head if I just had to play that all the time." Uh, and then he did play, you know, he brought out Crazy Horse. Uh, yeah, and I mean, Crazy played... Horse played on on Greendale. Yeah, but they were like hidden, but like they were they were off stage, I think, during mm-hmm. all the other mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, well, he got rid of the actors, and, <laughs> right. and Crazy Horse came forward more. Yeah, uh, and uh, and then he just like ripped through the hits. 
Yeah. It's a great show. And to me, it was a great show. I saw it again at Radio City Music Hall, Tom, and I forget mm. the third place where I saw it. And did it. they I have the Rockettes there? Did the Rockettes They had the world-famous Rockettes. Oh, man. Um, well, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, then, to see the Rockettes performing to Neil Young's Greendale. <laughs> <laughs> Mouthing all the words to, along with the actors. Um, all right. So what? tell me what... What is it about Neil Young that that is so unique, that is so special, Tim, in your Tom, eyes? He's, he's a good songwriter. I, I want to hear that feeling that, that Neil Young's supposed to be hearing he's right now. He's a good now. songwriter and a great <laughs> man, uh-huh. and uh, he takes principle. He's, he's, you know what? He's the, the hippie that hippies were supposed to be. You know how all the hippies that, yeah, like, that turned out true. to just be like garbage people, and then right, made, like you know, turned out they were all like racists and misogynists, and then <laughs> in the eighties right. they all became like uh, Gordon Gecko type guys, and now right. they're all like and, and uh, now they're all storming hawking, the Capitol and NFTs. <laughs> yeah, um, Neil Young was just like, oh wait, like he didn't get the memo that hippies were supposed to suck, <laughs> and he was just like, oh no, I think like we should just like uh, do cool stuff and like yeah, uh, he, make good music. He always, uh, he refused to sell his songs for commercials, mm-hmm. which I believe he still, uh, still has done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he might have, like, licensed some of it to, like, progressive candidates or... or right, right, but not for, like, you know, the new Roomba or whatever. No, just listen to This Note's For You, Tom, from, uh, 1989. Oh. It's all about how he would never do that. Yeah. Not even for the Pono player. Not the even po- for the Pono player. <laughs> the Pono player commercials famously just had uh, uh, public domain music. And, uh, <laughs> <they> were, <laughs> it's like, listen to Happy Birthday when the Saints go marching in. Hot cross buns. <laughs> Um, I didn't realize I, I knew this, but I forgot about this and I'm surprised I haven't seen more people bringing it up with all, with all, uh, the stuff going on with him right now is that, uh, he got polio during the last major outbreak in Ontario Mm -hmm. when he was seven years old and almost died. Yeah. That's why he's, uh, that's why he like, uh, doesn't walk. Uh, well. Oh, is that true? Okay. Yeah. And is that part of why everybody's assumed he's been an old man for a lot longer than he's I been an old man? I think so, because he's always like... He's always know, like kind of hunched, hunched over. around and, like, yeah. a, like an octogenarian since he was like <laughs> 25. Uh, during that same uh, polio outbreak, Joni Mitchell also uh, caught it. Mm. So... Uh, yeah, I mean that uh that makes a lot of sense that uh that yeah, nowadays he's like look, I almost got killed because people weren't taking a vaccine, right? I assume by then the vaccine was out. Um, it was I making its way out if this was the last major outbreak. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows about science and history? Um his fam- Nobody can know, Tom. <laughs> his family brought him to uh, Florida in December 1951. They stayed there for six months to help him regain his strength. Uh, And he said his strongest memory from the trip was watching all the brand new American cars along the way, which he attributes to triggering his lifelong interest in cars. He loves car culture. 
Yeah, he does. And and he he tried to start like an electric car company kind of. Yeah, he he Tom in uh the uh 2000s Mm-hmm. He became uh, obsessed with creating the electric car. Yeah. Um, and he released an album about it called Fork in the Road in 2009. Uh-huh. And it was all songs about <laughs> oil companies being bad and his new electric car that was coming out. I saw him at Madison Square Garden at the time. Uh-huh. And he started playing all his hits, and it was a great show. Mm-hmm. And he played, like, the thing with Neil Young, he's got, like, uh, like, over 50 albums, 50 solo albums. Yeah, he's a very prolific and like, guy. Got a whole bunch of songs to like, and, and when you see him, like, you never know what he's going to play, right? right. So, like, yeah, he, you know, he like, plays so he was he playing, play. he was playing some weird, like, deep cuts from like the Zuma era, like the mm. Zuma sessions. Um, and then, like, uh, then he's like, and now. Songs from my new album, Fork in the Road. And they had people bring out cue cards because I think like he just like they hadn't really rehearsed the songs much. Uh-huh. And every song sounded the same and every song was just like we gotta ride an electric car because the oil companies are bad. And it was just like I understand the sentiment here and right. I appreciate it. But uh But I don't want to listen to songs about it. <laughs> I don't want to listen to an hour and fifteen seventy five minutes of it. it was it was a lot. Man. Um, well- but yeah, he the dude, he, and then it wound up causing a big fire um, at his ranch, and it burned up a bunch of his like old master tapes and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you gotta be careful with that. Well, well, how so, is he? He doesn't know how to build. Like, he's trying his best. He's an old, he's a cranky old man trying his best, trying to invent to build things. an electric car. In his he's garage. the closest thing we have to Doc Brown. I was gonna say that that was like a very Doc Brown. Uh, period in his life i feel like yeah because because it i don't know if it was the truth you know how much of it was true but it really seemed like nobody was helping him in his quest to build an electric <laughs> car and he, and he wasn't trying to build it from scratch he was trying to convert like an old cadillac or something right yeah mm-hmm. uh, now tim if if uh a guy who's so bad at building electric cars can write such a, a mediocre album. Can you imagine how good Elon Musk's album about electric cars would be? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash guide. Tom? Mm-hmm. What interferes with your happiness? Oh, you were asking me when you said that before. Yeah, and then you didn't answer, so I just kind of kept going with All my kinds shit. of stuff, man. Anxiety and, uh, you know, uh, intrusive thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't help you with that. But, Trouble sleeping. Yeah, I know. I, again, I can't help you here, Tom. Oh, I thought but, that's what this was about. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. All without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. I hate waiting rooms, Tom. We are anti-waiting room on this show. Yeah. 
BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. I'll add to that. I'll add to that. You also know what you're paying up front where where you don't Ooh, yeah. you don't always know that with uh with a the therapist. Uh the service is for clients worldwide. And uh, you can find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. Uh, licensed professional counselors are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. And anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, and affordable. And uh, if you go to their site, Tom, you can check mm-hmm. out... Uh, uh, New testimonials posted daily there. Wow. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I'll do Tom, it. Tom, that doesn't apply to you. No, you're oh, not, right. not going to be a part of that part. <laughs> Look, if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com guide. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash guide. You've started a new routine. You feel amazing, but how long will those changes last before you lose motivation? Thesis can help you follow through on all your goals and make them your new normal. To anyone that's struggling with focus, energy, or motivation, it's not you, it's your brain. And Thesis helps you control your mind, take control of your mind rather, to create habits that last and get a little help if you need a boost. Thesis makes personalized supplement formulas that are specifically designed to boost cognitive function. It's based in the science of nootropics, which are all which are natural and powerful ingredients like caffeine, ginseng, and B12 that increase productivity, focus, energy, and mental clarity. Feel energized without the crash. Cut through brain fog to think clearly or get a little help with motivation to find your flow. Take their three-minute online quiz and Thesis will recommend high-quality nootropic formulas that are unique to you and your goals. Over 60,000 entrepreneurs, lawyers, engineers, busy professionals, and parents, and podcasters have used Thesis to get better results at work and home. Imagine what you could do with Thesis. Right now, Thesis is offering our listeners 15% off your first starter kit when you visit takethesis.com slash guide. And when you get that starter kit, they give you, uh, I believe, four different formulas. And you know what? You can try them all. And if there's one you like, you talk to them uh, and they they can, you know, uh, uh Switch things up for you, give you more of what you like, less of what you don't like or what doesn't work. You can go to takethesis.com slash guide to take the quiz and discover your unique nootropic combination and save 15% on your first starter kit. That's takethesis.com slash guide. Make sure to use our URL to let them know we sent you. This episode is sponsored by Uncommon Goods. Tom, Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day is coming up. I'm looking through... Found the perfect Valentine's Day gift. Um, I'm going to be quiet mm. because my wife is in the other room. Yeah. But it's a personalized crossword print. Oh. Um, both into crosswords. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, y- you, you go through, you, you, um, 
put together some clues and they make a they make a crossword for you and you can give it to your significant other or you could give it to yourself. It doesn't matter. Wow. Well, Look, that certainly sounds like an uncommon good. Exactly. This Valentine's Day, the way to their heart is through Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods has thousands of meaningful gifts you can't find anywhere else. One-of-a-kind gifts that are perfect for your one-of-a-kind love. Mm. Tom, Uncommon Goods has hundreds of gifts that you can customize based on your unique love story. Wow. Uncommon Goods offers a wide variety of uncommon experiences that make the perfect romantic date night. These live virtual classes include topics like aphrodisiac cooking for two. Holy moly. Ooh. Magic and mixology. Tom, that one that one appeals to you. <laughs> uh, romantic map making and more. From, from personalized art and fine jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Uh, Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S., they have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere, and with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. I mean, I'm there somebody is. that, you know, I always have a, a hard time finding gifts for people. And uh, you go on here, and you're gonna find you're going to find gifts for a lot of different people, and it's going to be things you didn't even know existed. Yeah, exactly. You can like fall down the rabbit hole just looking at them because they have so much stuff too. Oh, absolutely. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash guide. That's uncommongoods.com slash guide for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Tom, we didn't properly introduce it. Neil Young is a Canadian uh, singer-songwriter. Yeah, well, I was going to say, we haven't even uh, really talked about his music. We've been talking about his cars and his uh, lossless music players and his uh, politics, but but not his actual songs. Yeah. And, Tim, I've got a, a special treat. Uh, because I, Are you going to sing the hits of Neil Young? I might sing a few songs, uh, but they might not be the versions you know, Tim, because I found a, a, a veritable treasure trove, actually, of, uh, of Neil Young uh, uh, early, early song ideas. What? Yeah, I bought a Pono player off of eBay. Okay. And, and I plugged it into my computer and it had a text file. And I looked at the text file and it said it, it, the, it had originally been created in the 1960s, this text the file. The Pono? No, not the oh. Pono, just a text file. And it was just okay. a big, Which long... Is weird. A big... It is weird. And I realized, holy hell, that... And then I looked at it and I was like, that's why it, it has this signature on it. The Pono. The Pono player. had the signature. Tim, I think this Pono player belonged to Neil Young himself. Oh, Tom. And yeah, I always, I always <laughs> sign everything that I own myself. So Especially before you put it on. Story checks out. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but Tim, how, how much did it cost you? Oh, you don't want to know. Six thousand dollars, like I was going to pay on Kickstarter. Yeah, it cost me six thousand dollars, like uh, like you were going to pay on Kickstarter. 
but it had a lot tim these aren't the versions of the songs that you that you know these these ones are very different and he also put some notes about what the songs what his ideas were what the songs should be about once he got around to writing them this is a long preamble. I want to see uh, how well, this Well, Tim, it's out. a historic thing. And, I, you know, the historians, the music historians listening to this with a pad and paper in hand, I, I just want to make sure they have the story straight. straight. So they, uh, the first song, Tim, we all know the song, Old Man, Take a Look at My Life. Yeah, I do. Well, th- did you know it was originally, Old Man, Take a Look at My Wife. She's a lot like you. And then he wrote, this was about the time he, Neil Young saw a guy that looked a lot like his wife. Wow. And then he he, had, he put he put like liner notes about the he put liner notes. He didn't have the all the lyrics yet. Oh. Uh, Did he have other lyrics to it? Could you? <laughs> no, it just says, "Old man, take a look at my wife. She's a lot like you." Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, fell in love with a cinnamon swirl. And uh, in mm, this, he, yeah. ha- he has a location note that he was sitting in a Starbucks when he wrote that. <laughs> in, in 1968? Yeah, I think it was probably the first Starbucks. Wow. Um, um, yeah, I mean, didn't know that he was hanging out in, in Chicago at the time, but... I mean, S- Seattle. Seattle, uh, yeah. Well, Timmy toured all over the place. Of course he... You know, he might have only been there for That's an true. afternoon, but he liked this coffee so much. He, he started writing a song about it, and then he's like, ah, it should be about a girl. People like songs about girls, not, you know, the foam and a latte. Right. Um, uh, keep on searching for a fart I stole. That was a Heart of Gold? Yeah, that was the original version of Heart of Gold. You know, he stole a fart. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. Was was there any explanatory? (laughs) That one, that one, honestly, there isn't a a follow-up note about what that one was about. I think that... (laughs) That one's confounding, if we're being honest. I think that one, it was supposed to be up to the listener to interpret. Yeah, he he could often get like a little esoteric. Yeah, a little uh, well, poetic. This, this next one, though, it, it's a little more obvious about uh, about what it what it was uh, about, and it was I see the Beatles and the damage done, and this is about the time. <laughs> this is about the no. time he. This is about the time he saw the Beatles break a microwave in a green room. Oh man! Yeah, fucking Ringo put <laughs> aluminum foil in there. I mean, that seems plausible. I mean, I don't know. I don't think <laughs> microwaves was, were really all that. Um, no, well, they had them. They had them at the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's interesting. That, that one. That one. It. It makes that, sense that uh, Ringo would have uh, an innocent mistake. Yeah. They were young boys. They don't know. Also, they came, they, you know, they, they weren't used to the high life, well, microwaves and whatnot. Yeah. They were and poor Neil Young boys tried from... to stop him. He tried to tell him what they were doing. And John Lennon said, leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, well, and I guess to keep on the food related uh, ones, uh, 
did you know <laughs> the original version of Like a Hurricane? I mean, you know that song. You I, are, you are like, like a hurricane. Tom, this sounds like you're making fun of him, and I don't want to have to kick your ass. <laughs> no, I'm trying to sing as accurately as possible. Hmm. Well, did you know, Tim, that originally that song was Like a Curry Stain? Like a curry stain. Like a curry stain. He had uh, dropped some curry onto his trousers. Hmm. And it, and you know, stained his trousers with. with yeah, and origi- and he was, and he was still about like a a woman he had a relationship with, but then he was like, well, you know, describing somebody to be like a hurricane is probably like a little more uh, poetic than than saying they were like a curry stain. Oh, it depends and- on. You know, what the, Tim, how you carry the metaphor forward. I thought we were done with the food-related ones, but no, there's a few more. <laughs> a few more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the song uh, "Hey Hey My My." Yeah, into the black. Uh, well, no, Tim, you know the wrong version because uh, the original version was. Into the snacks and out of the chews. <laughs> it was about when mm-hmm. he was he was out of Charleston shoes on the tour yeah. bus, mm-hmm. and he had to go into the snacks, into the other snacks, because they're out of the yeah. Charleston shoes. And he was mad because he had asked for that at the store. And that's uh, you paid for this, but they give you that. It was about them right. not giving them Charleston shoes. They gave them other just candy. Just being instead. like, here's a yeah. bunch of other snacks. And then, of course, the song "Into the Snacks and Out of the Shoes," <laughs> "Into the Shoes and Out of the Snacks." Oh, both of them are up there. Uh, yeah. There's a, a more modern one. Keep on knocking up a ski girl. This is about uh, when he was uh, a ski instructor in the in the late eighties. <laughs> he, he was a ski instructor. Timmy did a lot of things. He made that Pono player. He made an electric car. He was a ski instructor, and he kept knocking up a ski girl. Wow. Yeah. So, like, with a like impregnating her, you mean? Yeah, yeah, knocking her up properly. Wow. Um, a- another. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's just one more. This is more. a weird text file that you found. It is um, a weird. Uh, that's why it, it has to be seen to be believed, Tim. Um, he had one more song about food. You know, he didn't <laughs> make. He didn't write a lot of songs about food, which is so interesting. Because I so can't. Ma- I can't think of one song where the right. final version. But about so food. many of the early versions were about food. That's fascinating. So, of course, you know you know about after the gold rush. Yeah, my maybe my f- favorite album of his. Are you talking about the song? Yeah. Well, maybe it will surprise you to know that it was originally called After the Old Mush, and it was about him looking forward to dessert after an old after a bad meal of mush. Yeah, of old mush. Of old mush. Yeah, he got slapped by a lunch lady for for. <laughs> <laughs> for singing this song. Uh, I mean, you call your meal old mush. Yeah. Um, uh, you know the song Ohio, of course. <laughs> I, I do. You know what that song's about, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Well, it used to be about something very different, Tim. The original version was Ohio, and it was about Ed McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was about the time he ran into Ed McMahon at a party. At Kent State? No, Kent State had nothing to do with it at this point. Oh, this was, okay. It, this happened in Los Angeles. He just ran into him at a party. <laughs> and Ed McMahon greeted him with a, oh, hi-o! Um... <laughs> <laughs> That that one adds up. That one that one makes the most sense to me. I think. I mean, a lot of these other ones will probably make sense to you. Brown by the liver. <laughs> Brown by the liver. Brown by the liver. It's about a uh, psoriasis of the liver. Uh, uh, what is this one? Uh. I cannot believe how strange this text file is that, yeah. that you found. Yeah. The last one I have on here, um, uh, wow, what is this? Oh, uh, you know, long, long may you run. Yeah, I know. Long may you run. Now that was, uh, was that Neil by himself or was that? Uh, uh... I think it might have been. It's him and Stephen Stills. Okay. Um. Well, originally that was about an off day on their tour where he had been on uh, on the beach, which you might think is, uh, had something to do uh, with the song on the beach. Inspired the song on the beach, but no, yeah. it inspired him to write a song called uh, "Long Day of Sun." Uh, and then uh, the- you know what? It's nice. I'm happy that he took an, a second pass at a lot of these songs. Yeah. Well, and th- I mean. It- I think uh, long day in sun or whatever, like <laughs> long day uh, of sun. Long day of sun. Uh, I don't. I. I don't know if long may you run is is an improvement. I think long day of sun is. Hey, it's something we can all relate to. I. I. Yeah. I screwed up, Tim. Um. There. There's another song that he wrote about food. It was when he. It, it was actually around the same time he was eating when he, when he wrote uh, after the old mush when he was when he was working in a cafeteria and uh, uh, unfortunately the 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 lunch ladies they they had found uh, an old dented can of peas in the back. And, oh man! And yeah, you, know, you got to be careful. <laughs> you got a lot of songs out of this one running with this <laughs> lunch lady. Well, Tim is a prolific point in his in his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't Tim. He wasn't just running. Like I said, he was working there. This was before right. he was working at the ski resort. Right. Uh, they they I found knew like, all this about him. They found this the various this, odd jobs he he <laughs> held. Yeah, man, that's what makes him like a real salt of the earth kind of guy. Yeah, uh, they had found this big can of peas and it was all dented. And Neil mm-hmm. warned them. He's like, "Yeah, be careful for botulism." And they were like, right. "Now nah, we're gonna we're gonna serve it anyway." Well, a lot mm-hmm. of people got very sick, and it inspired his song. Keep on mopping up the pea hurl. And then the the last one in this note. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a question about this. How long okay. did it take you to unearth this text file from from uh, the the Pono? It, like, as soon uh, as I plugged it into my computer, Tim, it opened up on its own. 
Yeah, but like if you read between the lines, how long did it take you to <laughs> discover these songs? Uh, it took the better part of an afternoon, to be honest with you. <laughs> and then the the last, yeah, of course, we all know Harvest Moon. Uh, but but you know, unfortunately, song, yeah. unfortunately, we didn't. We were not treated to the original version, which is uh, Farthest Goon. But I <laughs> I don't know what that one's about actually. <laughs> Farthest goon? Yeah, farthest goon. <laughs> I don't know what that one was about. I guess maybe I don't know. Just <laughs> <laughs> please speculate. A lot of maybe like you know a run in with a lot of goons, and he was he was waiting till the farthest goon got there so he could he could fucking mop the floor with them so he could really beat the shit out of all of them at the same time. All the goons. All the goons waiting for that even the farthest goon. Yeah. Yeah. Those those are all the the you know just the the early versions that I saw. This was a fascinating list you brought you brought us. It really time. adds a different a different element to them that you know a lot of fans might not even know because they don't have his Pono player like I do. Right. Do you, are you thinking that this was included on every Pono player? As like an no, Easter I think, egg? No, because like I said, Tim, it had it. He wrote his name on it. It says "Property right. of Neil Young" on it. Oh, it says "Property of Neil Young" on it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, the clues keep getting uh, really exactly. And like I said, Tim, I opened up this file and it said "File created January first, nineteen sixty." <laughs> he wrote all these. Wow. Yeah, it said. So he had the ideas for these songs that were released. Some of them decades later. R- yeah, he was but already he working on kept, them. Yeah, and then I, I, you know, he can press as a fifteen-year-old boy. Yeah, you know, how you can press like uh, uh, Apple or Command I, and and look at file information. Sure. And it will tell you like you know created in Microsoft Word or something. This said created in one of those computers that was so big it took up a room wow i mean he he wasn't he's always been a tinkerer tom exactly he had to like uh probably every letter of uh uh what is the uh fart uh, fart i stole uh keep Um, on searching for a fart i stole yeah yeah he had to like Put hole punches in a card and right. put that card for every letter of and, that. And it probably like would blow a few vacuum tubes. Yeah, replace those vacuum tubes. Those things weren't cheap, let alone easy to clean up. Strange that he wouldn't just write this down in like a notebook somewhere. I uh, don't think he trusted. Meal. You know, he's he's a he's a real tech head, Tim. Yeah. I want to be clear, I, it wasn't on the Pono player the whole time. He put it on the Pono player later, presumably. Right. Um, Tom, let's uh, talk Neil Young gossip. Ooh, okay. Uh, there's a wedge driven between Neil Young and um, other, uh, other old famous <laughs> curmudgeon David Crosby. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's very funny in retrospect that like uh, it, that uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash were like, "Eh, we need another crank in here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean David Crosby's like the other like 
he's not the other side of the coin from Neil Young because like David Crosby like is I think on the right side of most things, but he mm-hmm. is he does have that mentality of like. Eh, there's no good music after 1975 except music that like my friends made right. that I produced and played guitar on or something. Yeah, where I think Neil Young, I mean, I don't know what his what his thoughts on music are nowadays, but I mean, I think that was like when we were growing up, that was one of the things that was cool that he was like, yeah, Pearl Jam's awesome. I'm going to make an album with them. Like I like yeah. these guys. I like the music they're making. Yeah. Um, he mostly did that, I think, to piss off Crazy Horse. Um, it sounds like he also did it to piss off his record label or piss off Pearl Jam's record label. Yeah, that's probably true, too. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he was supposed to, like, for Mirrorball, mm-hmm. the story, as I recall, as recounted in Shaky, mm-hmm. um, the biography of Neil Young, is that they were going to go into the studio mm-hmm. um like and uh, Crazy Horse was his backing, his on and off backing band. They just came yeah. out with a record, Tom called Barn. It's not bad. It sounds like Neil Young and Crazy Horse. It's fun. Is, but um, but Neil Young's not on it, or he is. No, Neil Young's on. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. Um, Crazy Horse does have some solo albums though, and they're good too. Um, I guess not solo albums, some non Neil Young albums. Yeah. Um. But uh, he was like, all right, Crazy Horse, meet me at the studio. Uh, I think like they were like doing it in Georgia somewhere or something. Uh-huh. It's like uh, the week after next. And they were like, cool. He's like, I'll give you all the details in a bit, but like keep that clear. And then uh, they never heard from him. And then they saw him on uh, MTV playing with Pearl Jam. <laughs> uh, you know, he came out during a Pearl Jam set on the VMAs. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they just heard the next week that, oh, yeah, that album that he was going to do with you guys, he asked Pearl Jam to do it instead and uh, never told you guys that uh, your services wouldn't be needed. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing. Like, he's he's a curmudgeon, it, like you said, in good ways, but it also seems like in, like, his personal life, he's a big pain in the ass. <laughs> he just seems like he doesn't uh, understand... Uh, or, yeah, it doesn't have very good interpersonal skills. Well, uh, there's one notable exception. That's when uh, he tried to get uh, his uh, record label to sign Charles Manson. <laughs> no, he didn't. Tim, in the late 60s, at a gathering at the house of Beach Boys drummer Dennis Wilson, Neil was introduced to Charles Manson. In his autobiography, Waging Heavy Peace, he recalls Manson picking up Young's guitar and impressing the room with his off-the-cuff Dylan-esque style. After finding Manson didn't have a recording contract, Neil recommended that Reprise set him up. Uh, The Sharon Tate-Lee Bianca murders occurred shortly thereafter, making Charlie Manson's name was known the world over. Uh, Young commented on the murders with the song Revolution Blues. Do you know Revolution Blues, Tom? Uh, no. That song rules. Yeah? Um, is is it yeah. obvious it's about uh, Charlie? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. is it as obvious as a song like Keep on Searching for a Fart I Stole, what it's about? <laughs> I mean, that one's poetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that I mean, there's... Uh, uh, there's a, a case of him having good interpersonal skills with <laughs> Charles Manson. 
I think that was overstated. And uh, have you read uh, Waging Heavy Peace? It's in his autobiography. Have you read it? No. It's weird. He'll tell a story like that, and then he'll tell a story about um, walking around uh, Costco in Hawaii with the CEO of Salesforce <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about how, like, he's like, yeah, I re- what's his name, Mark Benioff? Is that yeah, that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he's a really great man. <laughs> he's, his art's really good. And boy, do I love Costco. You can buy uh, as much of anything as you need there. And I mean, Costco's well, apparently a good employer, so I could see him liking yeah. that. Um uh, I I found this article that was like seventy interesting facts about Neil Young or like things you didn't mm. know, and it also mentions. Uh, although, I bet I knew them all though. Although Neil memorably memorably wails, "Down by the river, I shot my baby." The song isn't about anyone dying. In a nineteen seventy interview, he clarified, "Quote: There's no real murder in it. It's about blowing your thing with a chick." Hmm. And by thing, I think he meant load. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what he meant by shooting his baby. So David Crosby was mad at Neil Young. He went uh-huh. on the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Because um, Howard's because uh, Neil Young uh, divorced his wife, who uh, has since passed, and uh, married Daryl Hannah. Yeah. That's a weird pairing, but also makes sense. Yeah. And like, it seemed like, like, ah, uh, again, like, ah, uh, he's so much older than Daryl Hannah, but I don't think he's like that much older. He's 14 years older. Yeah. That's, 15, that's nothing yeah. when you're in, in your, I mean, she's in her 60s. He's in his 70s. Nobody's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, David Crosby is like, oh my God. I think why? David Crosby's just jealous. The why does he think like Daryl Hannah is like uh, messing with his mind or something? What what's his problem with her? I don't know what's what's David Crosby's he, problem is he with worried? anybody? Is he like ah? Uh, ever since he's got with her, he's he's too busy blowing his thing with that chick <laughs> down by the river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is how David Crosby kind of talks, though. <laughs> he uses, like, weird slang. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't know if people actually ever talked like that. Did you also know that uh, for a short period in 1966, Neil shared a Toronto apartment with Rick James? Yeah, they were in a band together. Says, Minor we did, birds. We did some wild things. It's all very hazy me now. I'm glad I made it through that stage. It got a little dicey. There were some drugs going on. I remember singing one song for about a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they were in a band together. They uh, they came up together. Yeah, he was in a lot more bands than I realized, Neil Young. Um, yeah, Buffalo Springfield. Mm-hmm. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Did you realize he was in that one, Tom? I did. I thought. Uh, Did you realize that he was in that freaking band? Well, for a long time, I thought he was in Crosby, Stills, and Nash. But then. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Yeah, then somebody somebody set me straight. And he's written over 30 songs about uh, the moon, about or mentioning the moon. Yeah, he likes the moon. You know what he says when people say that uh, his songs sound the same? What? He goes, yeah, man, it's all one song. Whoa. 
See, he's like a hippie in a cool way. Yeah. Like, that's like a snarky answer. And it's like, yeah, and like, you know, 30% of those songs are really good. Uh, well, when we were talking about uh, uh, Greendale, I also found this thing uh, where, uh, according to Neil Young, uh, Bono tried to give him songwriting advice after listening to Greendale. And he told him mm-hmm. the songs need more hooks that went over and over again and more people could hear them thanks bono i mean i and like 2003 was when u2 was all about like we have songs now that are just like the same over and like just earworms like this song is five seconds looped over and over uh i don't like i don't like u2 i've never liked u2 yeah and I'm here to challenge the edge <laughs> to a fist fight. Um, I don't know if I he'll take you up on it. He'd be worried about edge. somebody knocking his hat off. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what's under that beanie. Yeah. What do, you think? what do you think it is? I don't know, the edge. <laughs> the edge. Oh, you think, oh what, you a, think what an intimidating name. You think uh, maybe underneath he's got like a flat head? And that's why he's called probably, the edge. yeah. Or maybe he just uh, just it doesn't have the top of his skull; it's an exposed brain. Oh wow! Well, yeah. that that sounds dangerous. Sam, you shouldn't fight him, no matter I, how I would, mad you are at him. Yeah, and I could never um, take up. Uh, it's know, a, it sounds like you could kill against him very the co-writer if he's of the walking around like that. Yeah, and like he, the man co-wrote Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. Yeah, it's true. I have a little respect. If you like the show, you can find out more at tcgte.com. Hey, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guide. You can get uh, books of podcasts and all the other stuff, weekly episodes, weekly bonus episodes. There's also a tier for ad-free early episodes of this show and uh, and much more, tcgte.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at complete guide. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. And uh, check out, this is what I'm going to do, Tim. I'm going to say check out tcgt.com. It's got links to all this stuff. Okay. I feel like we're getting too long with all the plugs. Yeah. Just sign up for the Patreon. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Don't do really, any of the other stuff. Yeah, cares? Follow us on Twitter. Stuff. You'll Just see the cover up. art every, yeah. every well, week. Well, some people don't see the cover art depending on their uh, yeah. uh, podcast player of choice. So, yeah. Um, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, th- Neil Young, a uh, very influential musician, had so many different phases of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, some funny stuff in the 80s when he was battling Geffen Records and was intentionally making difficult albums to piss off David Geffen and get out of his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but really just like uh, very distinct, interesting parts of his career. Um He's a filmmaker. He made a lot, a lot of films. Uh, he's a philanthropist. Tom, he's really into trains, and he bought Lionel trains. I, I have that in my um, notes, and we didn't even mention that he he was uh, like and, a, an owner in Lionel trains for a while. And it's very um, and like uh, so much to him, and we didn't get to a lot of it, and uh, it's because <laughs> you really found that Cracker Jack. Um, text file. Well, yeah, Tim, that, unfortunately, um, really we, is... can't, we couldn't cover a lot of stuff other people have already covered because we had an exclusive that I was very excited about. Yeah, no, I mean, it was great. It's just, uh, you know, there was so much we could have 
covered and uh you know we had this scoop we had we had <laughs> right. an exclusive well sometimes you gotta go with the scoops you gotta go with the exclusives uh i just hope this doesn't cause a rift between him and um uh the surviving beatles <laughs> yeah i mean uh ringo you know it really makes ringo look like a fool <laughs> he really does but i mean you know, and honestly, it's like, come on, man. Microwaves uh, weren't even really out yet. Sure, they had them at, at Ed Sullivan's show. Right. But, you know, how's Ringo supposed to know? You know, he was right. probably sitting there in the green room, and, you know, somebody probably explained it to him. He's like, ooh, that's great. I've got I've got some uh, aluminum foil I've been meaning to heat up. We're back on this. We're back on the, the text file, huh? <laughs> well... Again, Tim, it's what people are tuning in to hear about, probably. They probably read about this on Rolling Stone, in Rolling Stone. And they were like, wow, well, I thought I knew everything about Neil Young, but this guy's got his Pono player with a, a text file from 1960. Mm. Maybe, maybe I have to rethink everything I thought I knew about Neil Young. I know he wrote so many gossipy songs. Most of them weren't gossipy. That was just the one guy. Most of them were about food and farting. Just one was about, uh, it wasn't even about farting. It was about a fart he stole. And we'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.